Mountain, shake it, you dirty yellow-bellied rider. I'll give it to you through the door. Shit-kicking, stinky, horseman-horse-smelling motherfucker, you. I know it was you, Fredo. So say goodnight to the bad guy. I know you know where they are, so tell me. Before I do some damage, you won't walk away from I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Carry that stink of the streets with you the rest of your life. I like the stink of the streets. It makes me feel good. I like the smell of it. It opens up my lungs. I want you to get this fuck where he breathes. I want you to find this Nancy boy, Elliot Ness. I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want his house burnt to the ground. I want to go to the middle of the night. I want to piss on his ashes. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy? Or are you going to bite? Say hello to my little friend! You can act like a man! What's the matter with you? Now, if I ever, I mean, if I ever see you here again, you die. Just like that. Now, you got a corpse in a car, minus a head in a garage. Take me to it. Your part, eggplant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> You're a cantaloupe. <laughs> You've tuned in to the show that celebrates life and all that makes it special. Sports, music, you, and of course, an ice-cold beer or a glass of your favorite wine. And now, today's story. Gangster movies, you love them or you hate them. Hey guys, Rat and Ralph here, and welcome to Life, Sports, Music, and Beer. Brought to you by You and the Truth, face to face. Now today I invite you to sit back and enjoy as Rick and Tom bring you the 10 best gangster movies of all time. So, let's roll the cameras. Gentlemen, it's always good to see you. You look dandy today. Look at Tom over there. I'm telling you, he looks like a real gangster. Mm -hmm. well, he is a real gangster. I'm a real gangster. Yeah. <laughs> and Rick, you're always looking sporty, man. Um, got the... Yeah, I see. I see. You got, you got the beanie on just like you me. Guys got the, you yes. guys got the Irish mob going there. I like it. That's yes. right. That's right. If you notice, I'm dressed in black. You know, you know how that is. You know how you're talking about All right, listen. Let's not belabor this. I'm going to throw this out at you guys. You guys uh, kick it off. Tom, I'll just hand it over to you. Um like you already know it's gangster stuff yeah. so I'll go for it. So obviously I'm dressed I, I'm dressed in the gear. I got my pinstripe suit on. It's hard to see with the with the quality of my camera. Uh but I got my fedora on and and the reality is it's because I'm leading off at number 10 with the movie that set the score for the genre and that is Public Enemy with Jamie uh, James Cagney, Jimmy Cagney. You know, he was a song and dance guy um in vaudevillian time and but this movie was iconic. It, it, it's what made him a star. He was he was cast as the second fiddle, um, supposedly. And uh, when William Wellman came on the set, uh, he changed. He flipped the script, and he, and he made him Tom Powers, who, who I'm kind of depicting right now. But it, what was made this movie so good is it was you're talking about depression. This is 1931. You're talking about this. Um, starting the third year of the depression um you already have prohibition right and so these two elements come into play with that angst that grittiness um but listen it's not just jimmy cagney it's, it's the ensemble cast gene harlow who was the harlot of the era um was fantastic and joan blondell who was probably one of the great character actresses um in, in american history but that ensemble was so very well put together but here's what what makes it makes the history so important is that this was a new genre. This was a, a, a new idea of bringing in gangster films and, and crime and, and, and this type of drama. But that's my number 10. Uh, Rick, where, where do you sit, brother? Well, I, I like our, our back and forth on this because like I told uh, Ralph, it's going to become very evident what decades I grew up in because my, my number 10 probably is off the, off the charts a little bit and people may not remember this. Quentin Tarantino's very early uh, project with Reservoir Dogs. Uh, he brought in just an amazing cast with Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, Chris Penn, Steve Buscemi. He played in it. 
and Edward Bunker, and they were all named oh. after colors, yes. pretty much. Mr. White, Mr. Orange, um, Toothpick, Mr. Pink, Mr. Brown, Mr. Blue, and basically a diamond heist that went wrong. Um, everybody thinking somebody else set them up, and it actually ended up being Mr. Orange was an undercover cop. Yeah. But again, Quentin Tarantino's the master at the at the movies that are, are just kind of... Uh, you know, you, we're going to know about his latest one, you know, the one that, that blew him up completely. But he was such a good cult movie maker. Yes. And for this to be almost like a a little bit different kind of gangster movie, but still a gangster oh, movie when you think about it. And uh, yeah, so that was my number 10, a little off the chart. No, but, no. but I like it because not a lot of people think. Not, not, all, not at all. In fact, <laughs> my son, uh, I was talking to my son about my list this evening and he said, oh, Reservoir Darks, that, that, that really could make your 10, dad. And um, so I, and, and he, <laughs> he really loved it. So that, that he, he's giving you a big thumbs up on that one. Uh, oh, yep. sweet. Cool. My number yeah, nine is it partially. Let, let, let me just oh, say yeah. something about number Absolutely. 10, because women, I'm not sure if, if Cagney is on any of your list from nine to one uh cagney is one of my all-time favorite actors yeah. mm -hmm. and the movie that he made and i'm going to deviate a little bit that that just it brought it home for me was yankee doodle dandy oh, absolutely mm -hmm. what a tremendous he plays cohen tremendous he, in, in fact it, to, oh. to your point ralph it, it epitomizes <clears throat> his talent and this is my son is sitting next to us just listening to us uh, but here's the reality what i love about cagney <laughs> is He's Danny Kay. He's he's this type of actor who can do everything. He can he can sing. He can dance. He can act. Um, and this was Public Enemy was his breakthrough piece. So to your point, I love Yankee Doodle Danny, um, the the Cohen story. Um, but this is what makes movies great is allowing an actor to explore their talent because you know listen, it's God given talent. And when you allow these guys to break that script and allow it to become themselves. And, and you talk about Reservoir Dogs and that the cast again, Harvey Keitel, one of the great actors of, of the of the modern era, yes, uh, since you know nineteen seventy. But um, great actor, he's every movie he's in, he exceeds expectations. Um, but you're right, I love Jimmy mm -hmm. Cagney myself. And, yeah, and Rick Reservoir Dogs, what a what a great. Just a great movie. The cast was um, Steve Buscemi. I love that. He's guy. wild. Fantastic. He's wild. I, yeah. What, what was yes, that movie he, he did? You remember that movie he did, Con Air? Con, yes. You remember? Yep. That? Oh yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? When he's in, it, 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 the bu the bunny petting the bunny on the airplane. Yeah, the, he's the yeah, psychotic, yeah. Uh, basically the pedophile that was killing kids. Again, basically. yeah. Not not yeah. a not an actor who's going to um, lead a film, but he is a quintessential. Right character actor where he plays a role so pro convincingly that he is who he is. I mean, he is, he's better than the script writers make it. Yeah. Yes. And, and to me, Tarantino is one of the great directors of all time. Because mm -hmm. he's willing to, uh, just for, because he's willing to take chances. Uh, he's, he, he, listen, yeah. I, I, one thing we can all agree on, I, I think in terms of the quality of films Quality of film has gone down, and it's not because we have bad directors. It's because we have bad writing, and and the and the mm -hmm. reality is the acting's not horrible, uh, the directing's not horrible. It's it's the it's the script, and sometimes it's just the script. Sometimes it's the financing of the script, right? So they're afraid to make they're afraid to put money behind a new project. Quentin Tarantino is one of yes. those guys who's always willing to take a risk. And this was so cheap when it was made. I read about that. I was like, think about how much money they made off of this flick. Um, it was a very low budget for the time. And those actors just blew it mm -hmm. up. I mean, we just talked about all of That's them. That's right. Even Chris Penn did some stuff after this movie that was decent. Oh, yes. Yeah, and I'm surprised, Rick, that that's not higher on your list because what a great, great movie. Just everything about it was just so yeah. well done. I'm a huge Tarantino fan. Pulp Fiction, uh, That's, yeah. Django. I mean, this guy's a genius. <laughs> yes. Anyway, let's so yeah. let, let's move on. Okay, so uh, Tom, number nine. So again, I, I, I'm again actors help make a great movie, right? And Donnie Brasco, um, I mm. I was captured when I first read the book Donnie Brasco because it was such a fascinating story, and and the the raw reality of being that that real life. FBI agent undercover forced to do things that we would, we would vomit at. I mean, just to be, to be reality. I mean, they, this is real. 
And, and this story is real. This is yeah. not make believe. This is not yeah. someone's creative handwriting. This was a, in fact, they left a lot of significant pieces out of the movie. Um, but the reality is, I think it's Johnny Depp's best work. Um, I, in fact, I, I think he overacts by by nature. I think this movie, he was he was subtle enough and soft enough in the role that he was he was he presented it in a real real way. But what what made it so much fun is that grittiness, the grunginess um, of the script. You saw the way things happened because it was a real story. You the the interaction, the interplay between the characters, um, and, and the dynamic of the of the script that allowed for that book to be brought to the screen in a way that you didn't have to dramatize it because it was it was this stuff was real and it we lived through it. This is the 1970s, right? And and we lived through this story. We I grew up outside Philly, and every every week in the newspapers you would see these types of stories: the gangsters, <laughs> the mob hits um, in, that were going on in Philly and New York. Uh, would, between those two cities. Um, this was real to me, and it's what kind of made it um, have to be on my list was Donnie Brasco, 1997. Yeah. Number nine. Rick? I, I had that as number six, and I was just going to add to that. Joseph Pistone yes. was the real guy's yep. name. They had 200, 200 indictments, I think, from his work yep. and like 75 convictions off of what yep. he did undercover. So it, insane and, to think about it. You, had, got, you was, got brass balls yes, doing he had that. Post-traumatic <laughs> stress disorder because of it. Oh yeah, yep. I would I would assume he's looking over his shoulder the rest of his That's life. Correct. Wherever yep, he went. That is right. Yeah. yeah. Gentlemen, correct me. I, my problem is with actors. I, I I always wanted to be an actor since I was a kid. I I just love mm -hmm. it. But I have a I have trouble setting aside. This is why I don't like to make politics with, with movies or with music. You know, ever since Johnny Depp got, got on that stage and, he, you know, he asked that stupid question, what was the last time an actor assassinated a president? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, to me, and I used to love Johnny Depp. I just can't stand yeah. watching him anymore no. because he's yeah, such a disgusting it. human being. Yeah. And, and I shouldn't do that. I should be able to separate one from the other, but I can't. Yeah, yeah so anyway, tough. that's my no, take on it. I, I agree. So it, it, Okay. Here's my number nine, and I was asking Ralph if he had seen this, Tom, and he hasn't. And I'm pretty sure you have, but your son's going to love this one, too. Again, this is my 90s era. So, New Jack City. Um, New Jack City. With Wesley yep. Snipes. With Wesley Snipes. Um, crack cocaine blowing up in the 80s in Harlem. He's he's uh, Nino Brown, big-time big gangster, mm -hmm. um, number one drug dealer. But this cast, again... You had Wesley Snipes, Ice T, Chris yep. Rock. Um, um, you had everybody, Judd Nelson. Mm -hmm. You had um, Mario Van People. He directed this mm -hmm. and and played yes. in it. So it's almost like a Quentin Tar Tarantino film. He had a big part in it, not small part like Quentin, but this was Mario Van People's first directing job. Um, amazing, amazing flick. Talking about uh, Ice T trying to avenge his mom's death. He was the lead detective along with, you know, um, it looked like uh, the man who kills Nino at the end is that Bill Lobbs. He's the older Bill Cobbs, the older gentleman. And it, I told uh, Ralph, he's got to watch this. I said, it's, it's urban, but it's not so urban that you're like, damn, I can't no, watch no. this. It's a great, it's, it's, great it's, movie. it's raw. It's urban. But to your point, it's not, it's not overdone. It's not overplayed. It, it, what makes the movie yes. really, really exceptional is that, um, this is something you see. You see, it's it's not beyond the realm, right? It's this is this is the newspaper that we would re we would read in the '90s and, and these stories and and the, mm -hmm. um, so no excellent pick. It, it it literally caught it caught the crack cocaine boom. Yes, in, in New York City, yes. this is what was yeah. happening. It, it's wow. it's kind of like so that was a true story. Not really, no, no, just no. based on oh, truth. Based on, it, based on you truth. wouldn't call it a yes. What's yeah. that movie right now that that, that just came out a year, uh, last five seven years um, about the crack cocaine craze in, in the um, commodities and trader uh, stock market? I can't think of the movie right now. Oh, um, um, you know what I'm talking. Yeah, that was with Christian Bale, right? Christian Bale wasn't he in yeah, that movie? I, was it that American made something, or something like that? But my point is, like it's that. that but think about this. This is a movie made now about the 1980s and 90s, and 
New Jack City yes. was made during the period of time. It was really a mirror. On, 1991. Yeah, it was a mirror yeah. upon yeah. what was going on. And that's what makes it so well done is, or not well done, but it's what makes it so unique is that um, it, it was in real time almost. Yep. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Move on to number so eight. So number eight for me, I, this is going to be a leap. And I reason I wanted to, I always like to throw one in that that's going to shock everybody from the, mm-hmm. so and number eight for me is the sting. Um, you know, 1973, th- this movie is, it's, it's a mob movie comedy. You have a, you have a con man, you have a, a, a uh, confidence man, you have a, a bad cop, <laughs> good cop. You have um, a, uh, a Donegan who plays the mobster um, gets played. Um, and it's it's this interplay in a comical way, but actually, even without the comedy in it, um, it it's it's a really cool dramatic score in terms of its the, the script of this double cross that goes on and the riskiness of the double mm-hmm. cross, and then the elements between the FBI, the police, um, these these small bit con men who have to make a hit just to get by. <laughs> you know, it's and this is the interplay that happens in real life. You have you have little. Um, low-ranking um, con guys, just small small guys who sometimes stumble into something bigger. And that's what this is about. Not to mention, it's got some of the best music of, of any movie, right? And so it's iconic in, yeah. in these in these terms. It became a great success. It, it had great rewards and, and awards. But what what I've enjoyed about it from day one is that it's it's hard not to just enjoy this movie when you watch it. it you, you're going to leave it entertained, it's not a historical drama. I mean, although it's set back in the 20s and, and Prohibition, it's a fun story. Um, the costume is great. I, I guess my point of saying this, it's a fantasiful film. So it's 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 not the raw, gripping uh, crime drama that we're thinking of in most of this list. It's a little bit of a um, diversion. I think I think uh, uh, Paul Newman is, is one of the all-time great actors. I, I just love him. Agreed. I love him. Agreed. Okay, Rick, what's your uh, number eight? Uh, um, mine is more modern again, American Gangster mm-hmm. with Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe. Let me tell you something. Pairing those two was brilliant. Um, two of my favorite actors of all time, bar none, to be honest. Um, uh, set on the Vietnam pilot, mm-hmm. Russell Crowe comes back from Vietnam. He's got connections. Well, they're going to start doing blue magic, get it on the streets, the heroin trade, and 1968 in Harlem, and Denzel's the man. And again, you're talking about just those two, but then Josh Brolin, uh, Cuba Gooden Jr. in it as well. Um, just, just a brilliant script. I do believe this was set <coughs> loosely on a real story, which you could see. I mean, you could yep. see a Vietnam vet coming back, a good pilot, helicopter pilot that all of a sudden is flying Cessnas in and out. That's right. Undetected. Yes. And all of a sudden the heroin hits the streets of Brooklyn. And mm-hmm. that's, that's how it happened. Uh, obviously uh, Denzel was the right hand man to the biggest mob guy running the streets at that time. He passes away. He takes it over and the rest is history. I mean, a- amazing movie. He plays such a good, bad dude. It's, it's pretty, yes. cool. it's Absolutely. pretty cool. And, and to your point, and this is, and I agree with you. Denzel Washington is an amazing actor, and and he he can play any role well. Um, he he dives into into his character, uh, and Russell Crowe is is kind of the gritty raw guy. Uh, he always is in this in this movie. Great choice. I, I love that movie. Thanks. Yeah, Denzel Washington to me, he is my favorite actor of all time. He's what so, I yeah. yeah. What I didn't like. There's only two <clears throat> movies, and I like that movie. But my wife always says to me, says, I cannot picture him as a bad guy. I know, right? You always want to root for him. Oh, and that's oh, why yeah, I yeah. loved when he played the absolute guy you want to kill or yeah. you want to he die. He flipped the script I mean, on Because it's on just out of script. Yes, he flipped the script on his audience. Yeah. Yeah. And that shows you his range of talent. Yeah. Correct. Well, he did Training yeah. Day also. And my wife hated Which was, that movie. And yeah, that was, you both, lo- you loved him and you hated yeah, him yeah, in that exactly. one. She couldn't stand it. She couldn't finish watching that movie. Yeah. It, it, it was amazing. <laughs> but what a hell of an actor. Let me, let me yeah. just, I've got him. I've got Robert Duval, which I think is mm-hmm. just one of the greatest characters. And, and Gene Hackman. Mm-hmm. I could watch those guys forever. Mm-hmm. They can do Hackman's comedy. Fantastic. They can do, I mean, they're just fantastic actors. Anyway, just a little side note there. Okay. So yeah. we are, we finished number eight. Yep. Uh, Tom, number seven. Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to step back into the seventies again and, and, and 
tap on Scorsese's first effort into gangster movies, and that's with Mean Streets. Uh, I think it was 1973. And what makes it a fun movie, and you already tapped on him earlier, Rick, and that is Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel is probably the best not uh, unknown actor out there, right? He's so good at the roles he plays, you get caught up in the role and you forget who's playing it. And he's had a great career. I mean, this is, he's had a, a 50, uh, 50 year career in acting. Um, it even did some nice projects here in the, in the 20 teens, but here's what makes Harvey so good. Um, because he's not this pretty boy, he gets to play these, these character bits and, and he gets to create authenticity in them. Um, and, and this is why Scorsese is so good. Scorsese came from little Italy. And so this, this movie is very much a, um, period piece of his life. Um, it, he grew up there. He grew up seeing these people making these deals, um, doing these um, dirty deeds um, in his neighborhood. And mm -hmm. so he brought it from he, from his eyes into his mind, to his fingers, and, 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 and kind of creates this script mindset um, that became a real gritty drama about the real mean streets of Little Italy. And, and, and all these crime dramas that we're talking about have this same element. And what it is is people who feel like they're left out they need to coalesce with some other people like themselves to try to get a, 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 a try to get ahead in life. And in the old days, when we had significant neighborhoods that were that were unique culturally, that were separated, a little Italy, you had um, these places that manifested characters that Scorsese brought to film, like Harvey Keitel. I mean, just a phenomenal. And I, I imagine a lot of people in the audience have not seen Mean Streets. Go watch it. It, it I mean, it. It set the right. stage for what Scorsese did the rest of his career. I've never even heard of that movie. I, I'm imagine a lot of people haven't. And here's again, yeah. um, what what makes these things fun is that the the true people. My son is a is a, a burgeoning director himself, and so he he likes to look at these movies not just for their quality in terms of. Um, uh, box office success, but in terms of their cinema, cinematography, right. their the score, the um, the, the film, how you film a particular scene uh, from different angles and such. Scorsese used every ploy in the book to to create this film. If you haven't seen it, you're going to see the influence on on pretty much everything that you and I have already talked about of the things post 1973. Um, Every one of those directors who's made something significant has looked at this film and drawn things from it. And oh, this was man. Scorsese's genius shining through very early in his, in his career. Interesting. Rick. Scorsese was really good, by the way, too, on a side note, getting his family involved in movies. If you, if you notice, like he'll use a grandson, he'll use a, a daughter or a, some, and they're just bit parts. But it, I, I noticed that as mm -hmm. I was, going through some stuff today. Um, my number seven's Casino, <laughs> since we're talking about Martin yeah. Scorsese. Uh, 73, <coughs> sports handicapper, mafia associate, Sam Ace Rothstein, sent from Chicago Mafia to run the Vegas Casino Tangiers. Um, gets out there, doubles, triples the business, but then his childhood friend, Nicky, comes along. <laughs> <laughs> and Nicky and his boys want to turn... Vegas into mafia town and start shaking it up, start hitting the casinos, get banned from everywhere. And this movie has probably one of the most disturbing death scenes of all time. In my opinion, by far um, the desert scene, when they knock Nikki mm -hmm. out with the bat and they're burying him alive mm -hmm. as the dust is coming out of his mouth. I yep. thought, God, that's brutal. That was like one of those scenes that always stays with me, no matter what I'm like, God, that's just brutal. Could you imagine? But just unbelievably directed De Niro, Sharon Stone, Joe Pesci, James Woods, Don Rickles, Alan King, Kevin Pollack. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, the, the people he got to, because again, even these, what, what I found funny is these comics have been dealing with that stuff for life too. It's like Sammy Davis Jr. They were part of it. Yeah. I mean, they, they were the guys that made them laugh, but they were part, they were protected by the mafia. Don Rickles, especially. So so I'm just laughing when I see these parts because I'm like, okay, they're just doing exactly what they've done their whole lives. Now it's acting. Okay, they'll get paid for it. I just thought it was funny that it was, 
you know, Kevin Pollack and Don Rickles. I'm like, that's funny. And, and Kevin Pollack is a great, great, great actor. Movie. I mean, he really is. Yes. I mean, he's a yes. comedian. He really he is. He does great impersonations. If you've never seen him, Google his impersonations. Oh, he's fantastic. He's amazing. Fantastic. And I'll tell you one quick story. I'll make yes. this really fast because it's Don Rickles back in the 19, um, right before he, <laughs> he, he was on the scene in, in the uh, North Jersey uh, comedy circuit. My dad and his buddies uh, went out to the comedy show one night and Don Rickles was the, was this is a nightclub, not a not a big show, nightclub. And my dad and his buddies were cracking up. They were laughing, and he came off the stage and he just thanked them for for helping them because it was his first night on stage. And he, they, he said, "Oh, I really appreciate you guys. You guys were yakking it up for me, and I, it really helped me tonight." <laughs> Years later, in Atlantic City, my dad was with a client um, having dinner, and the major D came over and said, uh, "Mr. Rickles uh, picked up your bill." And the guy looks at my dad. He goes, "How do you know Don Rickles?" Because my dad it was a um, business dinner. And the guy goes, how do you know Don Rickles? And my dad said, uh, I really don't. And Don Rickles came by the table and he said, Hey, I just wanted to thank you very much. Uh, he goes, you know, you and your buddies helped help build confidence in me. I really needed it at a time when I really needed it. This is my dad said That's nine, 10 cool. years later after that, um, after that incident took place, that's the kind of person Don Rickles really was. That's Look at that. Cool. You know, that, that reminds me of a story. Did you ever hear that story that Don Rickles tells about Frank? Sinatra? Oh, that's hilarious. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's one of my but favorites. He, Rick, no, you, no. Never heard that. He, he was having dinner with uh, this, la with this la yeah. uh, lady, Don Rickles. And Frank Sinatra was sitting outside of his view back there. He noticed, you know, so in the middle of the dinner, he, he says to he says to the lady, he says, listen, I, I got to go to the bathroom. So he gets up and he goes and he goes over to Sinatra's table. And he says, listen, Frank, I'm here with this you know, lady first date, the whole thing. Listen, could you come by and say hello? I just want to impress her. So he goes back to the table, sits down, they finish dinner. And then Sinatra's leaving. And he's sitting there with the lady Rickles is. And Sinatra comes by and says, hey, Don, how you doing? And Rickles looks at him and says, what, what's the matter with you? Can't you see I'm having dinner here? You know, like, <laughs> he's the, and he's the only person who could get away with that with, with Frank. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, he couldn't. He That's couldn't funny. last in today's comedy. No, no, he couldn't no, do no, what no, he no. does. None no, of them could. No, 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 Fred, no, no. I mean, no, none of them know, could. Red Fox, you none name of them it. Could. Red Fox no. couldn't. None of it's them. It's so could. sad. No. It's so oh, sad. Oh. But so my number, uh, my number. Did you do your number? Um, you you did. You, you did your number seven. I did number okay. seven. That was casino. casino. So you're on so six. Yep. Okay. So this is one of the some. Symmetry realities. Um, if if you like westerns, one of my favorite westerns is Once Upon a Time in the West, and Sergio Leone's great epic, and it's a long epic, uh, but it's a great film. If you've never seen it, um, if you, if you like westerns, watch Once Upon a Time in the West. That leads me into his book. <laughs> it basically he starts with this and he ends with Once Upon a Time in America. It's a it's an amazing mm. film, but here's the problem. If you've seen it, you've probably seen it, and you're like, oh, that's not so good. It's kind of disjointed. Well, that's there's a reason. So in 2012, so he made this in 1984, um, but he wanted to make it epic. In fact, he wanted to do it in a, in a Godfather-esque way. He wanted to split the film into two, um, two parts, but the, the, the studio said no. So they had to, he had to edit it down, edit it down, and then they edited it down even further and they, and they dropped it to about 219 minutes and that really disjointed the movie and it, it makes it a choppy flow, not a great movie. But in 2012, they released the full, now in some places around the world, they released the full version, Japan, etc. cetera. Um, but in 2012, they released the full version and it is an amazing story. I mean, when I say amazing, it, it goes so high level in terms of understanding the, well, oh, by the, let me back up for a second. Talk about great actors. James Wood um, steals the movie. I mean, oh. Robert De Niro is great in it. Don't get me wrong. <coughs> De Niro is great in everything. And James Wood is good good or right. great in everything. But James Wood steals this movie. It is, it's the focus on this movie, which is kind of unique, is the Jewish mafia. The, the, um, the, the interplay between the Jewish mafia and other mafias where they, they played a little bit more of a um, strategic type of role in, in, in organized crime. And this is a, just a phenomenal, and it's a retrospective. It's the guy who comes into it and, and he kind of looks back at life a little bit and with some regret and some, uh, you know, replaying some scenes in his, in his mind, but you have to see the 2012 plus version. I will tell you, you will, you will thank me, um, 
about four hours later. <laughs> if if you can hold on, Gandhi, that's right. If you can that's hold right. on, exactly. Like that's that exactly right. All. I didn't like that movie. I didn't like that movie. I, but but then again, you're right. Maybe if I saw the full version. No, no, yeah, you, you got to see the full version mm-hmm. because what what they've done is, and this is sad, and this is where studios can screw the pooch, right? So by by changing the movie, listen, a director has a vision. Right. And Sergio Leone is one of the greatest directors of all time. The first thing a studio should say is, we trust you. (laughs) You've proven yourself. Mm -hmm. We trust you. We'll give you the carte blanche. We'll give you the money because the success has been yours. But when they when they try to overplay the business side of it for the for the sake of a movie and they and they're what they do is they prejudge what audiences are willing to spend their time doing. And unfortunately, they're wrong. I mean, listen, that's not how – look what Disney's doing right now. Disney's deciding what we see, um, not allowing the audiences to determine what the audience wants. Yep. Makes sense. All right, moving on. Rick, number six. All right. My number six was Donnie Brasco, so I'm going to go to five, and we'll just flip it <laughs> up this way. My number five is Bronx Tale. 1993, Robert De Niro. Uh, Colosio, the nine-year-old growing up in Belmont, uh, 1960, <laughs> in the Bronx. Father's bus driver. And here's what I got out of that story, because me having a son and everything. This father was trying to shelter his boy mm-hmm. from corruption and crime. Yep. And, you know, the best, the best scene in that movie to me was when Sonny confronted him, the dad, and said, I, I respect you, Sonny, but you can't talk to me like that. But he didn't kill right. him. You know what I yeah. mean? Because he respected what he was doing. He was almost jealous that, that Colosio wasn't his Correct. son. You know what I yes. mean? It looked like Sonny wanted him to be yep. his son, but he respected him enough to back off of him. And that's what I got. It's just an amazing, amazing story. Um, Bronxdale, we still laugh every time when the mush bets anything and they're ripping up the tickets before the the horses finish the race because the mush bet it they make him go sit in the bathroom close the door the movie's just it's got funny parts in it but but i really enjoyed the whole father's love kind of thing with De Niro playing that role which was different you know usually he's a mobster now he's trying to play the straight and narrow bus driver trying to raise a kid and, so and it's, it really to your good, point really, really as a good. dad you're, you're heart warm i mean listen uh, we mentioned this off air and, and Chaz Palminteri is a um, acting coach of a friend of mine. And, and so I get to communicate with him through her and, and it's entertaining to listen to his, his stories that, that she shares with me, but he wrote the score on this and he, obviously he played um, the, the crucial role as, yeah. as the gang, as, as the syndicate leader or the, or the neighborhood yeah. syndicate. He was so he was good. So good because, he but was so good. The little, yeah. to your point about the nuance. So he loves this kid so much, the kid he doesn't have. He teaches him how to, right. to groom and, and, and to, to, to know if it's the right girl. And I mean, he's treating him like a son, but not, I mean, he's, yes, he's yeah. touching him off into some areas of gaming and, 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 and low, lowbrow crime and such and grooming him up. Right. But he's also raising up a young man and saying, these are the things you have to watch for in life here's how you pick a right girl. Here's how you treat a girl. Um, the, the whole door lock scene is, is one of the classic ones of all time. This is how you know yep. if she's a keeper. Right. Yep. And, and I, I don't yep. want to break the scene because when she reaches yes, over to unlock exactly. it. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. beautiful, yeah. but yeah, I that, love the Bronx tale. It was one of my honorable yeah. mentions. I love that you picked it. Great job. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, all right. So that was Rick number five, yep. right? Number so five. My yep. number five, have you done your, Tom for five. My number five okay. is Got the, you. is the quintessential, um, international gangster um, drug running deal, but it's it's actually told from a different perspective. It's not told from the gangster per- perspective like pretty much all these films have been doing so far. This one's told from the cop perspective and probably uh, literally the greatest actor um, since 1960. And my impre- in my opinion, is Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman plays the, the iconic Popeye Doyle in this movie. I mean, it is it's raw, it's gritty. The the, the language is. Uh, it, it's funny. I remember the first time I tried to have my son watch it. I recorded it on one of these networks, and every other word's um, bleeped out. And so it's it's not watchable unless you have a raw version of it, right? And because the reality is, 
it's how cops talked and spoke in the 70s. It's how gangsters spoke in the 70s. It's it's how we lived. I mean, this is this is a reality. But this was the international trade, and it, it brought into the the um, the drug trade from France into New York City, and and how things were moving from Marseille and elsewhere. Um, it's it's just a fun movie from the standpoint of uh, the cinematography. You, you see these places in their in their real uh, how do I put it um, most most unadulterated way. Uh, just a great film. I, 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 I can't, I know a lot of people haven't seen it because it's so old, but you've got to see it. It's, it's, it's one of the great movies of all time. Yeah. And guys, like I had mentioned, uh, Gene Hackman, I think he's just, yeah, I, I've never seen a movie by him. Exactly. That I did not. That's like. right. That's right. Yeah. Did, did you guys see, he's everything. Did you guys see birdcage? Yes, of course. With oh, Rob yes. Williams? So, that that to me is one of the funniest movies in of fact, all time. I've I've seen that maybe fifteen times since it came. Yeah. Seriously, you know, I went to high school with Calista Flockhart, movie. and um, I, I really? yeah, oh, did you so really? She was a year ahead of me in school, and and she played in all our plays, but she lost out on the lead role, um, in uh in um, oh my gosh, in uh, in Greece, and it really upset her. But it, it's it's a fun story, but but and she's a, she was great in it, and and. She had a great career before she um, uh, hook up, hooked up with a, a with a nice little celebrity. Uh, but mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Birdcage, one of my favorite oh, all time movies. Cage. Remember Spartacus? Oh, oh yes, it's the, yes. must be the shoes, man. Must be the shoes. <laughs> it must be the shoes. <laughs> the shoes. <laughs> the shoes, man. The shoes. Yes. I love that shit. I'm well, that was great. How do you all feel right. about that Dolphins game? <laughs> Betrayed. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, no. Yeah, yeah. It was just, no, what a great, great comedy. One Nathan of the great Lane. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, he is hilarious. God. The best. The best. Oh is absolutely fantastic. Real men smear. <laughs> smear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Back on point. Okay. All so right. Gangster movies. Number, what, four. What, number four. Number four. Okay. Who's... I've got Pulp, Pulp Fiction. 1994. Quentin Tarantino. Here we go again. Cult film. You can't speak about him without it being a cult film. For me, this is by far his best work of all time. What's crazy about this movie is if you just watch this from the outside in, you'd be like, it's so broken up. Like it's seven chapters of where's it going? And it all makes sense at the end. And you're going, how? You started in the diner. You ended in the diner. I have no clue what the hell was in between that, except for Ving Rhames getting abused by a grunt. And getting medieval <laughs> on their ass, which is the best freaking line of all time. When uh, Bruce Willis gave him the whole, you okay? He's like, I'm effing I, far I, from okay. <laughs> I'm about to get some brothers that are about to go medieval on their ass. <laughs> uh, I, I love that movie. That's a great movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, and and here, just, <laughs> just listen to this cast. Because out of all the movies we've named, listen to this cast. This is crazy to me. John Travolta, Samuel Jackson, Uma Thurman, Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, Bing Rames, Rosanna Arquette, Christopher Walken, Bruce Willis. How do you oh, get those names into one broken up, crazy action mob movie? Well, you know what you do? Because that's what it was. Because it's Tarantino. Yeah, because it's Tarantino. Because it's yeah. Tarantino. It's very simple. Yeah, this Who the is, hell turn down? You, you, you show them a script. You give, them the, you give it yep. to them in advance and say, you want a part of it? And they all did. Well, that, that's, hey, listen, and that's what's them- funny to me, Tom, because they were, it's just chapters. It's not like any of them were a real lead other than Samuel Jackson and really John. Well, so when you, I'll when be you honest go with back you, so that's forth. one of the reasons I'm not a huge fan of the film is I, I, I because okay. I felt it gyps the audience of a true story. Right. And, and so Which I, it, yes. it's, you, you leave it entertained because of the exceptional acting. But in terms of the story, I, I think it's trash, and I, I don't mean that. I'm, I'm unique but in yeah. that. Yeah, because it was all. Yeah. I, I'm unique that way. It was. It was much more of a cult. It thing. is a I cult agree thing. It's a, it wasn't. If, it, if you're, it's a very big cult. It's movie. Quentin Tarantino, and so you always give him a lot yes. more yeah. rope than you give anyone else. Um, it's creative. Absolutely, it's yes. creative, and that's the, the one yes. thing I enjoy about Tarantino is you're not going to be bored uh, because what he's going to give you no. is something you've never seen before, and that's. That's that's that genius. Movie, that movie was all over the place, yep. so you weren't bored because yep. there was action everywhere. Speaking of not, <laughs> you know, speaking Tom, of not being bored, I will tell you, 
what one of my I'm a, obviously I'm a movie aficionado and I've, and I've watched movie from every every genre every decade because I just love I love scripts I love a story that takes you someplace um, I love getting away from my my daily humdrum life but this movie mm-hmm. I will tell you when I saw it I, I immediately told my wife this is the best movie I've seen in years. And it was called The Usual Suspects. I know the audience knows it, 1995. But what made this movie so like Pulp Fiction in terms of the quality of it was the cast. We talked about Kevin Pollock already, right? Kevin Pollock's in it. We talked about Chaz Palminteri. Chaz Palminteri's in it. Kevin Spacey was outstanding in it, right? Um, yes. Gabriel Byrne. What, I mean, people... He'd been in so many movies before this, but this is where he became a um, iconic player of roles that that was so unique because of his accent. He he, he could speak English as we do, American English, um, or he can speak in his Irish dialect, right? And and you could, that ability was fun. I mean, Bernicio del Toro. I mean, it, it, he was entertaining in this because he he kind of overplayed his role, but it was a, a fenster in a funny way. Um, Stephen Baldwin did a great job, but the one here's there's uh-huh. two people I want to point out in this film that people became aware of recently because of a uh, a mega series that came out, and that's uh, Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> Giancarlo Esposito, I mean, he's iconic on YouTube right now with these videos. Uh, my son keeps showing these funny videos of Giancarlo, but he was <laughs> he was a character in this movie. But the other man who kind of stole the movie, I think, in some way was um Peter Postlewaite who played Kobayashi um and his his almost overdone seriousness and, and, and studiousness of of the character playing the attorney um but the twist of this movie is what made it so genius you watch the entire movie after you've seen it once it it, it it's a, almost of a letdown but the first time you watch it it surprises you it, you, you get caught off guard. And then as they play it back in your mind on the screen and, and you, they start putting these pieces together, you're like, oh my God, it makes sense. But the reason this is a gangster film is because it's an international gangster ring, right? And so <clears throat> what turns mm-hmm. out to be a, a little petty crime, and now let's get back at the cops, becomes a, an international deal and 27 people die in a fire. And, and, and the, the twists and turns on this, the writing of this script, is one of my favorite of all time because we all see movies over and over again and we know how they're going to end. No one knew how this was going to end until you watched it. It was so brilliant. Yep. You're right about that. That That's that's true. That's very true. The ending was just unbelievable. I couldn't believe yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, what a twist. Okay, Rick. So that was what? Your number four? Or was that what number yep, four? This is now number three we're on. Yep. It, Tom just did his four. Now back to me for three is your favorite. I'm sure, Ralph, your boy, Tony Mantegna, little Cuban refugee. What you Mr. talking Scar- about, man? What you <laughs> talking Scarface about? Mr. Scarface himself, yes. What you talking about, man? <laughs> Came out in 1983, Oliver Stone. I mean, not a lot to say about it. It's uh, Cuban refugee becomes largest cocaine distributor and how he builds an empire and how he's <laughs> running from everybody and taking out all his enemies, basically, is is how I would put that in cliff notes. Uh, Al Pacino, Steve Bauer, Mar- Mary Elizabeth Mastrinano, and Robert Loggia. Or Loggia. He, and he's a great actor. He, I mean, he, he's, and he's a great, great actor. actor. He always had the he voice. He always had the voice. But he, he had the look, great, too. Uh, I mean, he... he, he oh, was, yes. I mean, yeah. he did things from this night... I mean, from the 1970s, from the, the TV shows, all the gangster shows, all, all the spy shows, all the you know detective shows. He played in everything, yet... His career is just iconic. It is. And, and it's funny because the movie I remember him from that not a lot of people probably remember is Necessary Roughness. Oh, yes. the oh great exactly. movie. Great movie, movie. When he was, when it was Ed. Yes. Ed, yeah. I don't have enough guys for defense. <laughs> 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 great movie. Great movie. But listen, great. That's, that Australian about... rules football guy that oh, they hit. That oh, maybe he doesn't need the helmet. Fantastic. You know, this, this guy, Montana, remember I, I was basically raised in Miami back yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I, you know, I was, everybody that surrounded me, I had the first sporting goods stores in Miami and right. softball back then, a, a oh. semi fast pitch softball was dominated the city and all of the teams, most of the teams down were funded by drug money. 
Oh yeah. You had Willie Falcone. You had these guys and, and they would all come to my store because there was nobody else in it. I used to sell them all their uniforms. Sure. So I live some, some of these guys were in my store. Oh, I believe it. You know, oh, yeah. Day in and day out. Oh yeah. my God. It was, yeah. let me tell you, it was, you know, it was Scary. like, yeah. and, and, you know, but they were <laughs> nice. But Tony, to me, you know, I, I, I failed to mention Al Pacino. I oh. I don't think I've ever seen a bad movie by that guy. So no, neither. so let me just Honestly, and and no. by the way, just one just one more thing, Tom. Yeah. The greatest motivational speeches I believe in movie history were were given by Al Pacino. He's Good got writers. some motivational. Did you see Black Sunday? Oh yeah, Tom. Yeah, that's yeah. the best football motivation oh. speech ever. Uh, uh, the Heat. Uh, what? He, Heat a city or something. City heat. City heat. Um, or, uh, where yeah. the, the young city Negro heat. kid dies and he goes into yes. the church with black church yep. and he gets yep. some of the great when he did the movie that he was he played Satan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Devil's oh, advocate. Yes. That was oh, really fantastic. good. Oh, when, when, oh, was, when he brings oh he brings it at the end. Oh my god. Yes. Oh, the, he was oh, fantastic at the, that. The best yes. lie, the Satan. What a yeah, great oh my gosh, actor. yes. So let me just tell you. And send of a woman. Send the woman. Right? Oh my God! His 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 oh, soliloquy. Sen- his how can you forget that? Think about that phenomenal. one when he's talking about the dancing. Yeah. And the woman. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. when he's sitting there and he's next to the kid yes. in the hearing, oh. he says, yes. "No, you're out of order," and yes. he just gets up and oh my God, I get chills just thinking he's about it. He's brilliant. I totally so agree. Let me just segue here for Uh-oh. just a second. You talked about softball. We talked about all these great actors. Um, so my uncle was a. Um, uh, Stand in for Tony Curtis in the early 1960s and mid 1960s as a, as a, um, oh, just a stunt. Wow. I mean, read, read in stunt line kind of guy. And so he, he wanted to make it big, but all his buddies did Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, um, all these guys, all the Italian guys from New York City, you know, the, the studio guys from New York City, they all lived, um, in the village and they all lived around that area and, and they played softball together. And my uncle was on that softball team. He used to tell me stories as a kid about, oh, yeah, we did this, we did this, we piled around this. And the only one who didn't make it of the group was my <laughs> uncle. I mean, every, every, uh, look, yeah, he was, he was, and he, he was a bartender for the, for his entire life. And he's, I mean, he's still alive, but he, I mean, he's, he was a bartender forever um, because, you know, you'd bartend so you could act. And all these other guys did the same things wait so you can act, uh, waiter so you can act. Right. And everyone else made it, everyone else made it big. Um, he was the only one left behind, and uh, it's it, it's a funny story. It's a funny family story, but he, he he enjoyed the times with those guys. And Pacino is 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 a is you know he is kind of like a an American icon, right? I mean, he is so good at his craft. Oh sure. Um, he takes it seriously from any role. It doesn't matter what role. He 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 he. It's value added when he's part of it. So amazing. Number three amazing. for me amazing, is is trite. I mean, number three, two, and one will be trite, but. It's they're trite because they yeah, are, yeah. And, and there's there's few things that, right. that exceed. Goodfellows, uh, Ray Liotta made Goodfellows, and his his angsty play, um, this the, the hybrid of what was going on in this film. Again, Scorsese, and I, I go back to Mean Streets, and then you fast forward to Goodfellows, and you get this Scorsese melt uh, meltathon of great gangster films. Um, the guy knows how to write character dialogue in this genre like nobody else, and it's legit stuff. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the 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 interplay between the police and trying to flush the the cocaine down the toilet in, in these stressful times. The the interplay of um, spouse versus versus mistress. Um, how a made man, how a wise guy got made, um, and then the the action between these these folks in, in a, in a graphically violent way, um, but not always mm-hmm. to death, sometimes just to send messages. Right. right. And so this is how it was. And again, right. I'm going to tell one more personal story. I had an uncle, <clears throat> my uncle, Mike, who was a made man and we all knew it. He, he drove a nice Cadillac, but he never worked. We'd be, you know, sitting there on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon um, <laughs> eating sandwiches, which back in New New Jersey, uh, New York, you know, a, 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 an Italian buffet, buffet um, when friends and family were over, were a bunch of cold cuts, um, rolls, Italian rolls, and uh, and all the fixings, and you'd have it. And then the phone would ring. Michael Mike would go up, answer the phone, or my Aunt Grace would answer the phone, and, and oh, it's for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be there in 10 minutes. And he'd leave. And we we never knew what he did because he never had a serious job, <laughs> but he always lived. He's a doctor. And he drove it. Ex- but... <laughs> 
it was a un, it was a known unknown, right? We we didn't know what he was in terms of how made he was, but we knew he was made somehow, and because he was he was never short of cash, always flashing the the twenties, and and uh, it was entertaining because when I see this film, I think of my uncle Mike in that film. Right. Look at that. Welfare. He was on good welfare back in the exactly. US days. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's funny. I, I like that movie. That's by the way, that's my number one. So that's that's really? gonna kind of break that up. Yeah, it is. Well, just you can you can delve into it. I I just tapped on some of it. You, you can delve into it. No, I love it. I, I love that he was a Jewish guy that it was hard for them to make him, if you remember mm-hmm. that. I mean, because of the Jewish in his blood, right. you know, he wasn't full Italian well, at you all. Well, you couldn't he be made, He had to made, get recommendations right? exactly. and get made by... That's right. Yeah. Yep. So I thought that was pretty cool that they, they showed that side of it because you don't get to see how hard it is a lot of times for the guys without full blood to get made. Um, there's not a lot of them that, that are, to be honest. So that, that's what I liked about mm-hmm. it. Obviously when you hear the song, most iconic song of all time now, in my opinion, as far as movies go, as soon as I hear that song, I'm thinking of all the dead wow. bodies they show yeah, as they exactly. go through it, the freezer, the car, yep. the everything. Once you hear those piano keys going, you're like, oh shit. And, and <laughs> look around like, so where's the dead bodies? I, I, I will segue one more into one personal story. So I, growing up, I, as I told you, I grew up in New Jersey. I remember one day I come home from school. My mom said, oh, go to your bedroom. I'm like, why? And I'm, I'm looking in the living room and there's these four guys in suits um, with these long range cameras looking out our, our living room window. And I'm like, what's going on? She goes, go to the, go to the bedroom, go to the bedroom. My mom was just nervous as, as I'll get out. And um, I go in the bedroom and she comes, she walks down the hallway and comes in. She goes, um, they're looking at the people across the street who got the old Walton's house. I said, Oh, okay. What, what's going on? They're like, uh, dr- they're, they're running drugs out of their garage. And, and we lived in the oh. most pristine, you know, waspy town. We left our keys in our ignition. <laughs> our door was unlocked overnight. Yet this one house, there was always a, there was always a car coming by at three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning, opens the garage, goes in, comes out with a, garbage bag of stuff. Oh yeah. And, but and the FBI finally came and, and asked my parents if, if they could use their the front window to stake them out for a few days. And uh they, they'd show up at four AM and they would stay until four the next you know rotation of shifts. Ugh. And they'd always come in the back. It was it was surreal to go through that. But I always think of this movie at that point because um, yeah, Henry, because Henry with the helicopter exactly yeah. when, when he yep. was being scoped. Uh, so, yep. Hey, Ralph, it's it's where his uncle went. It's an all night medical clinic. Was in that <laughs> exactly. garage. Exactly. That's all that exactly. Was. Yep. exactly. Yep. <laughs> Twenty four hour clinic. Uh, I love that. I love that. All right, what number are we, we on? We are on number two. We are on number two, and I have The Godfather at number two. The Godfather um, one, the first one. Yes, okay. yes, and I know a lot of people like part two better. I don't care. Um, I, I'm going with number one. Corleone family. We all know the story. Five families. The war between them. Al Pacino, James Caan, who I also love. Oh, great! I actor. don't know. I if I know a movie <laughs> that Caan's done that hasn't been pretty mm-hmm. damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Duvall, your favorite. Diane Keaton. Abe Vigoda was in that, which a lot of people don't remember. Yep. Abe, I do from the, the sitcom Barney, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Barney Miller. And Barney, Barney, Barney Miller. Miller. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And Talia Shire, who is Adrian. Hey, yo, Adrian. Not, you know? So, oh, so no. yeah, just again, again, an all star cast. I mean, Francis by the way, I, 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 best, so I, I don't want to. Did you see Robert Duvall? Did you see the movie Falling Down? Yes. With uh, who? <coughs> With uh, um, Mike Douglas, is it is it Michael? Michael. Oh yes, when Michael. he had the bad day at yeah. work. Yes. Oh my God, what a and yes. I thought of that because that is of a Duval. Great, that's road rage upon road oh, rage. Yes, what a that's great a great movie. movie, man. Yes, I didn't mean yep. to interrupt you. It just came to mind. No, that's good. Duval. I love Robert one. Duval. His but, westerns were the best. Yeah, he was. He uh, plays a good bad guy he, too. He, though. Yeah, he does man, everything he well. So Again. He understands his craft and, and he gets into the character. So you, it's believable. Actually, my favorite was when he plays a, uh, um, a, basically a, a over indulgent dad who, who just tortures his own family. Right. And, and so uh, in, in the basketball thriller, um, uh, 
Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't remember that. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. He was a, he was a, he was a, he was, he was a, a basketball coach. He, no, he was a dad. And, oh, um, dad. oh my gosh. Hackman's in it. Um, It'll come to me in a moment, but so let me just step in. Hoosiers, Hoosiers, Hoosiers. Hoosiers. Yes, Hoosiers. Yeah, but it's not Duval. Oh, you're right. It's not Duval. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Not Duval. You're right. That would. That's all right. But I was thinking the Rock. Do you remember the Rock with Connery? With him being the bad general, oh my god, that was phenomenal, man. What a (laughs) talking about a combination of two guys, but that's when that's the bad guy I was thinking of that he played. But you almost supported him. You know what I mean? Like he played that bad general guy that you're like, I can see that happening if the government's screwing you. I get it, and that's. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, I'm rooting for the wrong guy here. What am I doing? So I'm going to step in and, and and just qualify this. So. I, I think they're the two greatest movies of all time, actually. And, and I, I'm going to say the Godfather uh, one and Godfather two. And I, and I think Godfather two is better than Godfather one by about that much. Yep. And only because it has a crafty way of uh, bringing you forward to tell you the beginning of the story. And then it goes, it leaps forward in a crafty way to tell you the end of the story. And it, it's, it's, this is the, this is the, the only way to explain it and, and the way to, for people to understand is it's Shakespeare. It's a Shakespearean tragedy, right? So of all these movies we've talked about, there's a glorification of violence, glorification of the mafia, glorification of crime, glorification of, of this genre. And what's beautiful about The Godfather, particularly Godfather 2, is it dispels the glory of it. It gives you all the positives and all the, the, the grace and all the, all the wealth and all the power and all, the, all that. But Michael... When, when he with the fist in, in his face and, and he realizes he everything's destroyed his family's destroyed everything he's he's loved in life is destroyed because of the choices he made you know he had that he had that demarcation when he became vengeful um, about what happened to his dad right and he became vengeful and his mm-hmm. brother and so when when you see these elements of vengeance play out in him he's he's otherwise here he's an American hero right he's he's a He's a good kid. He's the average American kid. And by making certain choices, he went off on this tragic path. Um, what's beautiful about it is it it kind of it's it's the night nice bow on the Godfather itself. The Godfather is this perfect film. Uh, you couldn't think of anything better until Godfather 2 came along. And and, and just right. it's it's like watching a great painter paint, and you're like, wow, that's the most beautiful thing I ever saw. And then you see him paint again, and you're like, oh, my God, look at – I mean, Van Gogh's even better on this picture than he was the last one, or whoever your favorite artist is. or And, right. Rick, I, I mean, Ralph, I know you're a great music. It's like listening to some Mozart or Bach or, or Beethoven or, or, or Vivaldi, and, and you're listening to this great music, and you're thinking, I, I'm, I'm at perfect, tranquil peace right now. And then another piece comes on, like, oh, my God, that's even better. That's what Godfather 2 is to Godfather 1. It's, <laughs> it's like Christ um, – at the Garden of Eden, or God at the Garden of Eden, making woman, and uh, and then uh, or making man, and then and then saying, "You're like that's not quite good enough. Um, let me make woman." So, and that's Godfather too, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah. this is I, I I tell them both together to say this. Um, there's a lot of great movies that I left off the list, and and I'm going to say one of my favorites, um, just enjoyable part was, was the. Um, uh, Basically, when I look, and you mentioned the Bronx Tale, and I just love the Bronx Tale. So don't get me wrong. It's yeah, but are you are you getting into honorable? No, 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 no. I'm no, no. I'm just going to say this. this, Oh, are you done? No, I'm just going to say this piece. Of all these ten films that we looked at, there's so many more we could include, and I want to hear what your. I know you told us what one is, and I want you to go into more depth on that. But what is your number two? You said it was Godfather. My, my number two it was Godfather. Okay. Godfather, yep. yes, and then Goodfellas was one. number okay. one. Yep. So yes, yeah, st- start on yep. the on the. Um, so let me just say the friends of Eddie. And let me ask the Rick the question. Let me ask and, Rick and Departed are would have been on my list, but they're two halves of the same coin. So I couldn't include either one of them. But I digress. Right. Go ahead. Right. Right. So go ahead, Ralph. Did, did both of you include Godfather one and two? I did. No, I just Godfather. did Godfather one. So yeah, you didn't think Godfather I, Two was was? I did, but I had Goodfellas as number one. So right. I, I was I was going off the board a little bit with a couple that I knew weren't going to be brought up in the nineties. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's why I did the the New Jack and and some of the stuff that younger people would remember. Not younger. I mean, I was in my I'm in my fifties, so 
But but it, those are movies that you don't think of when you think gangster. You immediately go to the mafia, right. and you don't think <coughs> gang. This right, gangster yeah. over yep. here, these yep. gangsters, mm. you know. Yeah. What so up, that's what? why that that's why I did American Gangster. That's why I did right. New Jack gotcha. City. You know, um, like I said, with the you know um, with Reservoir Dogs stuff like that. Now the two I was going to bring up these two because when I asked you, I was asking about series too, like TV series. Obviously, Sopranos would be number yep. one for everybody, yep. oh, and I exactly. get that, totally get that, but. Peaky Blinders, if you haven't seen that, about the Irish-English mafia that used to wear these with razor uh -huh. blades and the brims. They were the yep. Peaky Blinders. Fantastic series. It is a very tough to Very tough to follow if you don't can't can't hang with the English or Irish That's right. accents. So I'm just, just warning you on that. And then there was one more that used to be my favorite, and you don't think about it in that traditional gangster <coughs> sense, Sons of Anarchy, the biker mm -hmm. gang. Sons of Anarchy is one of the best series I've ever watched, bar none. Really? Now, again, going into who my girlfriend is and her deceased father said that that the real uh, American, uh, the the motor clubs, uh, that looked like Disneyland to them, Son, Sons of Anarchy, just to put that in perspective. Wow. So, Yeah. But I, I love that series. Great series. So those are those are three obvious TV shows or series that I'd I'd suggest to anybody if you're talking about gang mm -hmm. gangster anything. So. But I did not hear either of you talk about was the the actual the the full cast of the Godfather movies. They had some great oh, no. actors in there. Uh, oh yeah, I, I, it was I read just them all. Star studded. Unbelievable. I read it off. Marlon Brando, Pacino, Khan. Remember, I said James Khan. We've never oh, heard a bad movie yeah. about him. Diane Keaton, Abe Vigoda. Yep. Remember, and I said uh, yeah. Adrian. But there's a few Leah others Shire. guys who but were there's characters actors, in, yeah. in part two. Yeah, yeah. That's a great movie. I, you remember that line, Pacino? I think Pacino. You know, I, I should have included him in my list because what a, just what a great actor. Yeah. Remember that line? You know, just when I thought I was out, they keep sucking me back sucking in. Sucking me in. Yep. You know, just, yep. just great well, lines, so man. Two, two people, and to your point, two people in Godfather 2 that kind of lift it even higher is, is Lee Strasberg, who was, who was a great acting coach in his own right, right? Yes. And so a lot of these guys who I was referring to in the, in the uh, 60s helped got, get their, um, their teeth into acting by Lee Strasberg and, and, and his focus on, on sharing his talent with other people. But then Gra uh, Gazzo, Michael Gazzo, who, uh, who played uh, the uh, – gosh, what uh, – oh, gosh, what's it? Frank uh, Pantelijo, uh, Pan Pantangelo. And, and he, he, he's yeah, got that yeah. voice and he's talking to him. And, yes. and it's a, it is <laughs> so – it's so yeah. – it's so my, my youth. I hear they, it all the time. They all sound like Robert Kennedy right. Jr. And by the way. One of the great actors who does not, and, and I'm sorry, I you spoke earlier about um, Ralph. How you know there's certain actors you don't like because of what they've done. Um, so yeah, here, here's yeah, a guy, yeah. Bruno Kirby is a phenomenal actor, and Billy Crystal ruined his career out of spite. Um, I, I I wouldn't pee on Billy Crystal if he was on fire because of it. So he ruined he wow. he, he because of his power in Hollywood. He he would tell directors and producers not to hire Bruno Kirby. They had been best friends. Something happened. Um, Bruno Kirby got more credit than Billy Crystal did in one of the films. Um, I think it was when Harry met Sally, he got so much more praise for the role um, that it pissed Billy Crystal off. And Billy Crystal sabotaged Bruno Kirby's career the rest of his life. Um, and it, wow. uh, it, it's, a, it's, There's a lot of stories it's like a horribly that, sad reality. Bruno Kirby was a great, great talent. I don't know who he is. I can't recognize him by name. If I saw so, him, I probably knew who he if is. If you remember, Rick, do you, can you recognize so him? If you remember when in Rick, the beginning of Godfather two, when they go back to the early days, when, when um, De Niro comes across as a little kid and they come, he's growing up in New York in, in, in little Italy. Um, he befriends um, Bruno Kirby and they become good friends. And he, remember he's in the kitchen and they're eating pasta together. Oh yes. Um, I'm looking yep. right at him now. And, and I know exactly. Yes, Kirby. you are right. Um, if you think of him in when Harry met Sally, he was the best yep. friend who was dating. Um, uh, what's her name? Who um, She plays uh, Fisher. I mean, she, he was dating Fisher in the movie um, when they're remember that these two bed scenes where they're talking about each other back and forth, but 
Um, Brendo Kirby was it? Ralph, yes. can you oh, see that? There you go. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Or, yeah, I, I, yeah, I wasn't around back then, so I'm, I'm, you know, I was too young back then. <laughs> he was. <laughs> yeah, I remember him very He's much so, in, in more than one yeah, movie. He, yeah, and he was ac- excellent right, so, in everything he did. Let me just uh, recap. So, uh, uh, Rick, who was your number two? My number two was The Godfather. Godfather then, one. Yep. And, and Tom. So Godfather one was two and Godfather two was one. Two was one. <laughs> so you had both Godfathers. I do. The, yes, he does. It, yeah. And I had Goodfellas at one. Good yeah. We were close. Yep. Very close and, on the top. The top four should be pretty much chalk. Yep. Honestly, at this and point. And in all reality, close Rick with made Star a point that, that he chose one of the two because he considers them. And my son said the same thing. He goes, dad, what you could throw it, you can throw another movie in there. If you consider one and two as just one movie, because in all reality, they right. are right. I mean, there are two pieces yeah, of the yeah. same puzzle. Um, and so, and I, I respect you for doing it. Cause I, I think it allowed you to put another movie to, that we could discuss on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was Fantastic. fun. I like that. That was a good time. And, and I, and I made Tom's son. Oh my gosh. With a couple of my picks. Well, you did so with multiple with of that. your picks. There we go. Yeah. There you go. Gentlemen, uh, we're going to leave it at that. We, we got to come back and do comedies. I'm uh, really yes. into comedies. I, I love, love comedies. comedies. Yes, yes. I, oh, my God. I love to be entertained. You use the word entertainment once. That I only heard that word once tonight. And that's yeah. what movies are all about. Uh, <laughs> I'll share this with you. I've never, I've never seen Schindler's List. Ooh, great mm. movie. Neither great have I, movie. to be honest with you. Rick? I have not, Ralph. And I won't. I won't. I, I, I don't want to watch movies like that. I, I'll i read that, about that it. That bring you down? No, yeah. Yeah, because I know it was real. Too. I, I watch a movie yes. and be entertained. <clears throat> I want to forget yeah, I about you. my problems. And Schindler's yeah. ju- List, I, I started watching it, and, and I just couldn't take it. So Yeah, no, and that's why I, I included. That. That's, what that's why I included the sting on it, because in, in terms of reality, yeah, that was is, listen, it's an escape, right? Movies are an escape. They're We've got a, we've Absolutely. got lives. We're busy. We've got stresses. A movie is a, is a there's two things. It's three things that take you away from from the doldrums and the craziness of life. It's music, it's movies, and it's books. Um, uh, maybe a fourth would be sports. Well, and, sports and sports and sports. And sports. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think we've lost sight of that. I think. It- Look, let's we can get into a long conversation on that. Th- those another are the day. things that people use. Yeah, that's uh, for another yeah, one. Yeah, uh, yeah. But those, as you mentioned, sports people have to get lost in that. Just for, you guys know, you look, Rick. I mean, Ralph, you and I talked about this earlier. Um, this outfit I've got my 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 jacket, my and my fedora. Um, this was a regular yep. uniform for people who attended baseball games in the 1930s and 20s. Yep. And so sadly, people don't dress nicely today. It's 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 a shame. I agree with that. And head coaches all yeah. the way up to oh the Oh, my 60s, God, Landry. 70s. I loved it. Oh, my God, you're right, Rick. I yeah. never thought about that. You're absolutely Head coaches right. all the way through the NFL yep. had, had Tom those, Landry was, the hats he on. Always had Landry, hat on, right? Landry, Bear, Bear Bryant, Bryant with Alabama. Yep. I mean. Wow. Wow. Yeah. We're in deep shit, folks. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> hey, thanks for that, guys. Great rundown Fun. of gangster movies. Love it. Just loved every minute. I appreciate you both. Uh, we're going to come back uh, next week and we'll probably do top, you know, comedies or just another top 10 because this is just such an enjoyable subject. Yeah, hit, it's folks, fun. hit the like button, subscribe button, ring that bell, the whole deal. And if you have a question, just uh, email it. The email is going to right down there. You'll see that email. As always, Rick, Tom, it's been a pleasure. You guys take care. Take of care, yourselves. guys. Appreciate Thanks, you. guys. Thank you. On behalf of everyone from Life, Sports, Music, and Beer, we thank you for tuning in. If you've got that story to tell, comment below. Smash that like and subscribe button. And don't forget to hit that bell so you can hear other amazing stories.